Hello, sports fans. Or if you don't watch sports, that's fine too. Anyways, welcome to our now second episode of the soon-to-be-infamously-known podcast called Have You Seen It? Where I will give some analysis and break down a movie into digestible bites for you, the listener. Then I'll give you some final thoughts on the film, if it's worth watching or not. I don't have a special ranking system of stars or numbers out of 10 or 5. No, I want to break the mold of the traditional rating systems, and I will not be bound by them. I'll simply recommend said film to you if it's worth viewing or not and leave the conclusion to you. So anyways, let's get this party started with the movie I'm reviewing this episode is a newer film that came out recently, but interesting nonetheless. I'm talking about the movie Dune. Not to be confused with the movie Doom, which is spelled D-O-O-M, not compared to the movie I'm reviewing, Dune, with D-U-N-E, which is actually thinking out loud has overlapping plot points of a male protagonist on another planet fighting for survival against otherworldly creatures. That is definitely not confusing by any means. This episode is going to be riddled with spoilers of everything about the movie, so if you haven't seen it, pause it, give it a watch, and then come back to this episode later when you're ready. I'll wait. Man, it's taking a long time. I don't know what I'm gonna have for dinner tonight. Do I want soup, some crackers, maybe a light salad? Or maybe I can just get a sandwich at a deli. I can't decide. Oh, sorry, silent alarm indicated that was enough time for uh, said pause. Alrighty, cool, we're good, let's dive in. Also, this film has many sci-fi names for everything and will likely butcher all of them horribly. Sorry in advance if that happens. The overall plot of this film follows the son of a duke named Paul Atreides, part of what they dub in the movie as a house, or called House Atreides, or one of the larger factions in this galactic system of government they establish in the film. He and his family relocate from their home planet and are commanded by the leader of this feudal galactic government by the emperor to rule slash keep their spice trade going on at a desert planet called Arrakis. The spice they refer to throughout the film is a dust extracted from the ground that helps people increase their perception of their senses and other things we don't have time to delve deep into at the moment. But anyways, this spice is used to make complex calculations in order for space travel be possible across the galaxy and this compound only exists on this planet of dunes. There, I said the title of the movie in my review for the one listener who was waiting for it. You're welcome. Anyways, young Paul and his royal family move to Arrakis and get settled in. But soon, tensions rise from decades of political strife, religious prophecy, and interpersonal politics of the native people of Arrakis called the Furmen are frustrated with being ruled by outsiders for so long. All these elements come to a head. Things escalate, and young Paul is thrusted into a life of adventure and mystery. This movie has one thing going for itself. It was that during my first viewing, the film was constantly subverting my expectations. Is the mysterious woman with the super smooth narration voice is our main protagonist? Nope, it's a white dude. Can I easily understand all this lore and backstory of the geopolitical atmosphere going in the background of this movie? Surprisingly, yes. The first act is slow with large amounts of expositional information organically told to the viewer. That's nice. Do we see strong interpersonal relationship moments of Paul and the rest of the major figures of his life slash House of Atreides? 
absolutely one might say you get too much of it but that's what the beauty of this film is all about it is purposeful it has its own timeline on how the plot grows and progresses at its own speed. One of the major subplots besides all the violence and chaos going around Paul is where he ultimately fits in the whole conflict. At one point in the film, the House Atreides gets double-crossed by the Emperor and their political rival, House Harkonnen, and he becomes one of the last surviving members of the royal family. I'm totally not getting Anastasia vibes at the moment, and that film has similar plot threads, but I digress. Paul constantly deals with external and internal expectations on who he's supposed to be, his responsibilities, and ultimately what his truth path is. His destiny is revealed to him through a series of complex visions we see throughout the movie, which is later explained he has powers, and that gives him visions of the future via dreams. You may be asking yourself, Alex, how did he get his powers in the first place? Well, listener, he was born with them, and that's all you need to know, and watch the film. It will be explained later. I don't have time for that. Jeez. The other moments I enjoyed the most was the relationships Paul has with his father, friend-slash-mentor, Duncan, and his mother, Jessica, as the story progresses. They have significant meaning to him in different ways, and as a first-time viewer of the film, felt the genuineness of their words in every scene. One specific scene that stands out to me personally is in this particular narrative pattern is in the first few minutes in Paul having doubts about his sense of identity with his father Leo, aka the Duke, on if he has qualities of leadership. Leo passionately and a sign of unconditional love says to him, if your answer is no, you're already what I wanted you to be my son. Scenes like this show even in a movie full of space, superpowers, and a dude riding giant worms like a freaking horse, themes of unconditional love and acceptance is still in the heart of the story. Fun plot fact that caught me by surprise and took me some time to connect the dots is Paul's parents are not married by any means, even though she's referred to a royal title of Lady Jessica throughout the movie. She is actually the Duke's, let me look at my notes. Oh, I can't say that word. <laughs> this podcast is semi-family friendly, so let's just say Paul's mother is the Duke's very special girlfriend. Overall, this film was a wild ride from start to finish, with great use of practical and visual effects. Strong depth and deconstruction of characters' motivations and feelings constantly subverts expectations and the payoff of those juicy action sequences you desperately wanted is very much worth the wait. Also, side note, there is one nitpick moment for me and I do not care if it's an unpopular opinion is the whole dang movie is a two and a half hour movie trailer for Dune 2. Want to see Paul's journey into being accepted into the Furman culture? Forget it, we don't have time for that. We get one scene and visions showing it instead. Want to see Paul's progress with his love and budding relationship with our mysterious narrator? Fat chance, sports fans. We get a couple scenes and more visions of the future showing only teasing of said relationship. Want to see Paul become the ultimate warrior hero to the people of Arrakis and is essentially his super suit? No time for that, cool guy. We get cool dream sequences showing that instead. But with all things considered, the pace of the film's slower progression gives the story more depth and could argue it's like watching a novel come to life. I highly recommend this film for you, the viewer, to watch it as it takes a bold new direction in the genre of sci-fi films. Lastly, this film has depictions of action, violence, and other things that I would only recommend to teenagers and older to watch this film. As for the question, where can I watch it, Alex? It's on the streaming app, HBO Max, currently, or you can watch it in the theaters if you're feeling extroverted enough. 
up to you. I ain't your mama. That's about it for this large analysis episode this week, fun people. Hope you enjoyed yourself, and now you can ask this question to your friends. Have you seen Dune?